Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we open up your word and we want to learn from your truth, we want to be impacted by the power of your word and the power of your truth, and so we invite your presence, Holy Spirit, to come upon us and to teach and instruct, and if we're, maybe if we're going the wrong direction, that you would turn us in the way that we should go, and that our response to what you're speaking to us and over us, that our response would be yes, and to submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, come, be with us. And our offering, uh, we give as a sign of worship to you, as a way of placing you first, even in our finances, a way of being grateful and thankful. And so come and speak. Release us from this cycle of worry, Lord, especially for some who are trapped in it, and let us breathe in fresh air of faith, fresh air of peace, and the fresh air of hope, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Years ago, Harper Index released some interesting stats. It said that we, Americans, are a nation of worriers. So the 75% of us worry about money, 82% worry about family, 68% worry about their health, 45% worry about their marriage, 63% about terrorism, 67% worry about identity theft. They said in spite of America's wealth and lifestyle, Americans suffer more from anxiety and depression than any other country in the world. We're number one. <laughs> right? I mean, think about that. We are a nation of warriors. Years ago, Craig Rochelle, he's a pastor uh, of Life Church, he wrote a book called Christian Atheist. And we know what an atheist is, it's someone who does not believe in God, but Rochelle coined the phrase Christian Atheist. He said it's someone who believes in God, but lives like God doesn't exist. So for our topic today, it is someone, a Christian Atheist, someone who believes in God, but worries about everything like God does not exist, a Christian atheist. It's 2.15 in the morning, and I can't sleep because in my mind I'm running through the what-if games again, and what if this happens, and what if that happens, and I'm, 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 I'm being swallowed by worry, and I tell myself, if I can fall asleep right now, I'll get X amount of sleep. It's 3.30 in the morning. And I still can't sleep. And I tell myself, if I can fall asleep, I can get X amount of sleep if I can fall asleep right now. And if I don't shower and wear yesterday's clothing, I can get even a little bit more sleep. And, and, and another sleepless night with my old friend, Worry. I'm sure you can relate to it. Now, I, I, I don't consciously call Worry my friend, but I clutch Worry to my chest like a child clutches their favorite stuffed animal. And I keep it close to me, and it's always nearby. And, and if I'm honest, hi, my name is Marty, and at times I am a Christian atheist. That I believe in God, but there are times that I worry about things like God does not exist. Worry comes from the old high German word. Look at, look at what it means. Go ahead and put that up. It means, very good, it means to strangle or constrict. Isn't that a great picture of what worry is? That it chokes me 
It strangles me slowly over time. It sucks the life out of me. It takes the air out of my lungs. Worry. It's constricting and it's choking. But I want us to breathe in some fresh air. Let me give you some fresh air of Scripture. Peter says it this way. He says, give all of your worries and your cares to God. So let me just start by saying, what is choking you today? What is slowly draining the life out of you? What are you worrying about? Maybe it's a job that is unstable, or maybe it's finances, or maybe it's something with family, or maybe it's a decision that is weighing on you. Maybe it's a marriage. Uh, uh, Maybe uh, it is some health issue. Some people worry when things are going good, and they have nothing to worry about. Have you ever thought, man, things are going really good. Something bad's about to happen. (laughs) This isn't my luck. It can't go like this. And yet, Scripture tells us to give all of your worries and cares to God, and then it tells us why we should do this. Look at it. It says, for he cares about you. In other words, that there are things that God does not want us to carry simply because he loves you. Have you ever had things that your children worried about and and you kind of said in one way or another, maybe even kept it from them, but it was like, that's not for you to worry about. Let mom and dad worry about this one. Let us carry this burden. And it's kind of like that same, that same thing where God says, hey, why don't you give them over to me because there's things that I don't want you to have to carry and I don't want you to have to worry about. Listen to what Jesus said on the, t- on the subject, Matthew 6. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now he's talking about all of life, your yesterday life, your today life, your tomorrow life. Verse 27, he says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I read something recently that said, uh, sometimes upwards of 85% of what we worry about never happens. Think about that. 85 talk about exerting energy that is, is useless, right? 85% of what we worry about never even happens. And so Jesus says, hey, who, about, who of you can, by worrying can add a single hour to your life. And then look at what he says in verse 30. He says, oh, you of little faith. And Jesus kind of says, listen, ultimately this worry thing, it's a faith issue. When you're worrying about everything and it's choking you and you're playing the what if game, Jesus knows ultimately it's a faith issue. Worrying is saying that I believe in the worst possible case scenario because it is beyond God's ability to act or control. It's a Christian atheist, or I believe in God, but I worry like God does not exist. Verse 34, Jesus says, hey, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow uh, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I want us to talk about how can we do it. We talked about some practical things last week. I want to talk about practical things this week and how we can overcome worry and begin to take in fresh air, uh, even when circumstances are not at their best, because we said circumstances are rarely at their best. There's always something in life. And so how can we begin to overcome worry? So uh, I have some uh, visual illustrations. Now, if this is your first time to reveal, uh, you should know that we spare no expense (laughs) here with how we roll here at the church. So overcoming worry, just have three thoughts for you. First, uh, the first idea is I will do what God asks me to do. Overcoming worry. I will do what God asks me to do. This means that that we have God-given responsibilities in life, that we partner with God of sorts uh, by by, by doing what God has asked us to do. So what does this look like? Well, let's look at this me-tub, some things 
that God will ask of us. Go to that next slide there. Uh, The first thing is God asks us to control my thoughts. So I'm just going to write thoughts on here. We talked about this last week. And I'm just going to drop that in the me bucket because God says, look, the Holy Spirit will empower us on this, but this is something God makes really clear that, hey, you need to control your thoughts. We dug into this quite extensively last week. God expects me to take my runaway thoughts captive. That's what Philippians 4, uh, 8 talks about where it says, finally, brother, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing he says, Here's what I want you to think about. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is something that God says, look, you're going to need to get your thought life under control. Romans 12, 2 says to be uh, transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. We don't have a lot of time to go into that. You can listen to last week's message, but thoughts... That's, that's on me, right? Overcoming worry. Next thing that God would ask me to do, uh, God asked me to do uh, what is wise. So I'm going to put wise on there. And this is on me. God says, look, uh, I've given you uh, wisdom in my word, and you need to act in what is wise. In other words, don't position yourself for future hardship and future pain. Be wise in your actions. Uh, This is part of our God-given responsibility. So what does that look like? We need to ask, are you being faithful with with what God has given you? Uh, Are you uh, unemployed? Well, being wise is, are you looking for work? Are you networking? Are you filling out applications? If you're just saying God's going to bring me something, well, you're missing the point here. God's like, look, some of this is on you. So are you being wise? Are you looking for work? Uh, 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 Are you getting your finances in order? Are you being wise with your finances? We're putting together a Financial Peace University class that we'll be advertising uh, at the end of the summer. You, that's on you, right? That we have to get our finances in order to begin to overcome worry. Are you being wise with your family? If your kids are out of your control and if the house is in chaos, are you seeking any counsel? Are you taking a class? Are you reading any books? Are you, are you being wise with what God's given you? In your marriage, are you doing what you can? Is there a seminar or uh, counseling or uh, a marriage class that we just uh, ramped one up? If you have a big decision to make, are you being wise and seeking counsel? Proverbs 15 says that um, with many counselors, plans succeed, but on your own they fail. So am I being wise, right? I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Am I controlling my thoughts? Am I being wise? There's other things that we can dig into, but we, we only have so much time. That's the first step in overcoming worry. Do what God's asked you to do. Second is that I will give God what I cannot do. And so now there's this other uh, tub over here, and that's the God tub, that I will give God what I cannot do. Let's unpack this a little bit. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, uh, or, or do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, whatever your situation is, it's being covered here. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. New Living says, don't worry about anything, man. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. So we could say, all right, well, what has God asked me to do? Well, God asked me to pray. And so, all right, so prayer, I'm going to put in the me thing. God says, look, you need to, you need to pray and, and come to me with all of your situations. But then God says something, there's inter- something interesting in here. It says that we are to present our requests to God. And so what I like to think about is that, 
is I write the results. And that goes in the God tub. See, I can do my part. I can keep my thoughts uh, uh, captive, doing what God asked me to do. I'm not going to play the what-if game and let it run away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh, take every thought captive to obedience to Christ, as 2 Corinthians 10 says. Uh, I'm going to do what is wise. I'm going to pray, bring my petitions before God. But the results, I can't control that. And so the results goes in my God bucket over here, and that's up to God to do what only God can do. And then the author here tells us, uh, Paul says, look, there is a result of all this. He says that if you can do that, the peace of God, which transcends understanding, the peace of God is the direct opposite of worry that's choking us, right? It's the fresh air of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to the New Living Translation. Then you will experience God's peace. Like some of us, I know, we crave that right now because worry has consumed us, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So look, here, here's what it looks like. Uh, so let's say on issues of health. Well, there's things that I can do to be wise in my health. And so that goes over here. But ultimately, there are things that are beyond my ability, right? And so I have to leave the results to those things over here with God. It's beyond me. Your family, yeah, there are things that you can do. But ultimately, let's face it, your children are beyond your control. Anyone have teenagers? Yeah, you find that out really quickly, right? And so, hey, God, I've done what I can, but man, you got to do something here. Make up for some lost parenting, amen? I've, I've done some bad parenting. And make up for some bad parenting and my mistake, it's, it's beyond us. And so I can only do what I can do, and the rest, i got to give to God what I cannot do. And so part of that is our family. Hey, what about in our marriage? Yeah, there are things that I can do, but ultimately, can you change your spouse? Just say no. Some of you are like... You can't change your spouse, right? Ultimately, God has to do what only God can do. And so we can be wise, right? But there are things that are beyond our ability to control. The results are really up to God. And so we can do what I can do, and then I'm going to give to God what only God can do. Hey, what about job security? Hopefully you're being wise. If you're showing up late, maybe you deserve to be fired, right? But if you're doing what you can do, job security, ultimately, financial situations, the way the market turns, what all that looks like, ultimately, that's, that's, that's a trust issue. That's like saying, all right, God, I've done what I can, and the rest I have to leave in your capable hands. But this is where we run into problems. Are we making sense here? Are you tracking with me? This, this two thing. But this is where we run into the problems, because We'll take whatever it is. I'll just write a big question mark. And we'll take whatever it is and we'll say, whatever your situation is, say, all right, God, I- I'm-, I'm giving this to you. Meaning it's out of my hands. I've given my cares and worries over to God, like Peter says, right? Because he cares for me. So I've just given it to God. <laughs> I've given it to you, God. You know, I'm just going to just take this one back, I think. Right? How many times have you given it to God and taken it back? We all have. And there's nothing we can do about it except to worry about it. 
but it feels like it's something, and so we, we, we hang on to worry again, and then someone will give a message like this, and we'll say, God, I'm giving it back to you, God. Wednesday rolls around, you're like, oh, right? I mean, I'm just going to take this one back, and I'm just, I just, God, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to give you a quarter of this one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the rest, right? We do it all the time. And so we cast our cares on God, and then we take them back. And it consumes us. And air gets stale and polluted, and we slowly begin to die. And we don't even recognize it because it's all that we've known for so long. Ultimately, the reason that we take it back, the reason that we don't leave it in this bucket, is because we're a Christian atheist. We believe in God, but we worry like God doesn't exist. And ultimately, here's our problem. I hope you can see it. Our buckets actually look closer to that. Right? That moan is like, yeah, that's true. Right? This is a little bit more accurate with, with how I live. And the problem is, my God is too small. Your God is too small. And anytime we're consumed with worry, it's because our God is too small. But when we can get the right perspective, when God is big and we are small, it can lead us into our third point. Meaning that I will trust God no matter what. Now that's a you know, catchy phrase to say, I trust God, I get it, but it's difficult. So let's unpack it a little bit. Did you know that there is a difference between believing in God and believing God. Think about that. There is a difference between believing in God and believing the promises of God. See, I think we're really good at believing in God, but I think we struggle when it comes to believing God. The book of Daniel tells about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They faced challenges that could have consumed them with worry. The king at the time was Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and he issued a decree, made this 90-foot-tall statue, and said, whenever the music plays, everyone must bow down and worship this idol. And so the music would play, and uh, everyone would bow down, except these three Jewish boys. And the penalty of not bowing down to uh, Nebi's statue statue was death. You were going to be thrown in the fire. The book of Daniel tells us about this. And they refused to bow. So look at Daniel 3, we'll pick up the story. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods and worship the gold statue that I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instrument. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? And here comes their, I will trust God no matter what moment. Right? They did what they can do. Right? They made a decision. Uh, uh, that we're not going to bow, right? That's God's asked us to be wise and to do what we can do. And so they made that decision, and then they put the rest in God's hand. They can't change the king's heart. They can't uh, somehow uh, make the fires any cooler. And then it came down to we would trust God no matter what. Positive thinking only gets you so far. Daniel 3. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, and think of it like this, saying, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, silly Nebi. 
It says, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown in a blazing furnace and the God who we serve is able to save us, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I mean, here's faith in action, right? No wavering, faith that cannot be broken. And then their next statement kind of brings us back to reality. Verse 18, it says, but even if he doesn't, oh man, don't you hate that phrase? But even if he doesn't, like, but hey, ultimately, even if he doesn't, we're trusting God No matter what, we've done what we can do. We gave to God what only God can do. And we trust God regardless of what our circumstances are telling us. We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Even if he doesn't faith, even if things don't turn out the way that we'd hoped, even if God doesn't do what we know that he can do and we think that he will do, even if God doesn't do what we're praying for him to do, no matter what, what happens, we will trust God. Hey, do you have even if faith? Can, 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 can you say that? Even if faith that moves beyond circumstances, even if faith ultimately isn't based upon what you see or what your circumstances are experiencing, it moves beyond what you're feeling. Isn't that what Hebrews 11 tells us? That faith, next slide there, that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, right? Anytime that I'm taking something out of this God's bucket, it's because there's something that I don't see and that I'm not experiencing, and it really comes down, as Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, that I'm taking it back out of here because I don't see God working, and I'm a Christian atheist. I believe in God, but I worry like he doesn't exist, and I believe in God, but I really don't believe God. And, and so isn't this what faith is all about, that, we, that it's the confidence of what we do not see? Can you say that I'm confident that nothing can withhold God's good intentions from me? I want you to think about that for a moment. See, I've, over probably the last six to eight months, this has become more real to me. That I'm confident that regardless of what life throws, regardless of what happens uh, in the church, Regardless what happens outside of the walls of the church, regardless what happens in the world, I am convinced that nothing can withhold God's good intentions from me. Meaning that what God has promised you will come on time as delivered and as promised. That nothing can stand in the way of God's good intentions for you. Now, that doesn't mean that every situation suddenly becomes roses, but I believe that God's good intentions, what God ultimately has for my life and for your life, that nothing, no person, no boss, no job, no government, no situation can stand between God's good intentions that he has for you. That is good news. And that means, okay, I can turn some of this loose I may not like how all the situations, it may be an even if moment. Even if God doesn't do what I've been asking God to do, I am confident that in the end there is nothing or no one that can stand in the way of God's good intentions for me. I don't care what your kids are doing. I don't care whether your spouse is participating in the marriage. It doesn't matter what your boss says. It doesn't matter what the governor says. It doesn't matter what the president says. No one and nothing can stand in the way of God's good intentions for you. Amen. 
Listen to how Paul describes it, Romans 8, 18. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that would be revealed in us. So the stuff that I'm going through, I'm leaving with God because I believe that God has something bigger planned. And when I realize that, I'm going to look back and say, all that other stuff was just chump change. Didn't even really matter. Goes on to verse 31. Read chapter 8 of Romans this week. I encourage you to do that. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things, in response to circumstances that are polluted? He says, look, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Speak that over your situation today. If God is for you, who can be against you? And then he says, verse 37, he says, In all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good news for us, church. And so the next time that I'm constricted by worry, hey, snap yourself out of it. And say, okay, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Have I done what God's asked me to do? Have I taken my thoughts captive? Have I been wise? Have I given my prayers to God? And then the rest I have to leave here knowing that, look, life doesn't always go our way. Bad things happen to good people. But in the end, as Paul says, nothing can separate you from God's good intentions. You should walk out of here high-stepping today. This is good news for us because the one thing, we make a decision, the one thing that I will not do is I will not be choked out by worry anymore. I refuse to be choked out by worry. Instead, I want to breathe in some fresh air, even in the midst of a polluted situation. Listen, look, look, look at this, is what we'll end with. You want to stop worrying, gain perspective, right? God is big, uh, I'm small. Here, here, go to that last passage. Watch me. Trust, what does it say? Trust what? No, 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 that, that one word after trust? In, in the Lord. Trust some, some people are like, I don't get it, is he packing up? I'm not packing up! Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understandings, right? None of this, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understandings and always acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. You want good news today? Let's breathe in some fresh air. That worry should not consume us and choke us because we have a big God. And in the end, nothing will stand in the way of God's good intentions for you. Aren't you glad you came today? Stand with me. Let's pray. Stand with me. God, let this be life to us. Because I know some of us here are facing circumstances that are overwhelming. And we've played the what-if games and worry has choked us and has pressed us and constricted us. And it's nearly taken the very life from us. But today, we fight back. Today, we do what you've asked of us. We take our thoughts captive. We begin to practice that. We begin to do what is wise to not place ourselves in future harm. 
We begin to pray as you've asked us to pray, but then we're going to give to you what only you can do. And we step away from being a Christian atheist. We're not just going to believe in God, but we're going to believe God. And I would pray that you, Holy Spirit, would begin to convince us that nothing can stand in the way of your good intentions for us. And that it would lift us and it would breathe fresh air into our lungs and we would walk out a little more full of faith and hope and confidence in the God that we serve. And so I pray, help us rise above our circumstances to experience the fresh air of the Holy Spirit in us. Because that is what I need and it is what we need. And we pray and ask and believe all of this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And all the followers of Christ said, Amen. Church, I am glad that you're here. Listen, if you need prayer, let us pray for you up front. We'll have some people to pray for you. If I've never met you, I'd love to meet you. Come back next week. We're going to talk about protecting the heart. It's going to be powerful. I'll see you guys next week. God bless you. Oh, yeah.